It's the Progress Pod, a production of the Franklin County Coalition for Progress. I'm Pete Mazzoni with Jeremy Kate, and on today's show, we're going to speak with Rue McKenrick, founder and creator of the hugely ambitious APT, or American Perimeter Trail. This trail system will be 12,000 miles long and will navigate the literal perimeter of the continental United States. Rue is doing this all with a bare bones operation and a true passion for hiking in the outdoors. We do apologize for the poor audio qualities we're conducting our interview over Zoom teleconferencing in observance of social distancing. Thanks for being with us, Rue. Yeah, hi, Pete. Since um, this topic is kind of at the forefront of everything, how how is your health and what are the rules you're observing with the social distancing? So I want to be clear, or I want to be honest from the get-go. I, I, it's been a rough week for me. Um, it's not uncommon to have different things come up when you're out here traveling. And uh, I have been treated. I'm on, I'm on a prednisone prescription right now. It has nothing to do with what's going on with the virus. Um, it has a lot to do with all the arthropods, fire ants, and poison ivy that I've been living in in this part of the country. So I've done my best to avoid it, but I have welts and stuff like all over me. And um, the prednisone um, seems to be helping in that situation. Um, but uh, also there's like I'm having some side effects from the prednisone. So I'm just really glad I was able to do that. And as far as social distancing with that, I didn't see a doctor. I was able to call into my doctor in Oregon and they were able to get me a prescription sent to me so I could just walk in and grab it and, and leave. And I didn't have to be sitting, sitting in a doctor's office. And then as far as like the social distancing, you know, I've been following the guidelines that have been put out by the CDC. And I don't want to be flippant here um, cause this is more heartfelt, uh, because I do care about other people, but, um, uh, my, my guess is if you went to a healthcare professional and they prescribed to you that you needed to spend five to seven days by yourself out in the woods, um, <laughs> yeah. and that you, and that you could only go into a post office to grab a package and then turn around and leave and, you had to make sure that those post offices weren't in towns. They were just in middle of the nowhere places where there's just a post office. There's not even a convenience store. I think you would look at them like they're insane. And, and I'm guessing that would be overkill. So, but that is what I am doing right now. So I'm very isolated. Um, and, uh, it's just, you know, I'm trying to go through this process as best as possible. So, you know, that's really what I'm doing. I mean, it's like some of this stuff doesn't really apply. Like, you know, keeping six feet. If I don't see anyone that day, there's no one to keep six feet from. Right. So, yeah. And, you know, Has the, uh, have the other major trail routes issued any proclamations like the AT or Pacific Crest or the Continental Divide Trail? Yeah, you know, Layla Grace, the um, American Perimeter Trail Project, coordinator keeps me abreast of some of that and it seems at this point in time the Appalachian Trail Conservancy has been kind of stepping it up which I think everyone has like um yeah. you know initially they said well try this or do this and, and at this point in time they're really asking people to postpone or 
um, or to uh, cancel any multi-night trips. So if you're going to be out there in the long term, and um, I don't know if there was any research done with that. I do know that the PCT and the CDT followed suit, and I don't know if that was a monkey see, monkey do. I I have no idea if what how that decision came about. It sounded and like everybody everybody had the same idea to get out get out into the woods when they told people to stay home or to stay away from each other. Oh, quite possible. Uh, it could have yeah. caused some issues with crowding out in the woods of all places. Well, that's exactly what's happening uh, <laughs> in our area is uh, <clears throat> I'm a regular cyclist and runner and I go out and ride in the mountains and I've never seen so many people in our woods lately. Um, so your project kind of has an odd timing in that it's, Kind of good, I almost want to say that I think people are rediscovering the out of doors. So let's let's move on and let's get into the project. And I guess if you could give us an idea of how this all got started, because this is just an incredible project. And so what I would say is that I kind of conceived of this probably 10 years ago. Um, I had already completed the triple crown of backpacking at that point in time, which was just essentially a through hike of the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail. And I through hiked some other trails at that point in time. And I really was kind of looking to see, you know, what do I want to do next? And uh, it just came to me. I don't know. And I started looking over some maps and I was like, well, it kind of makes sense just to, you know, if, if I want to see the rest of America, just go see the rest of America. So, um, yeah. And, uh, then, uh, I put it on a back burner. I didn't think about it for years. Um, honestly. And as the years went on, um, there was a little bit more of initiation on my side of incorporating it more into like a conservation movement rather than just an adventurous backpack. But at its conception, I just thought of it as, a backpacking adventure. And then I realized, well, you're going to have to be traversing all these areas that don't have trails. So maybe we could put trails there. And, and, um, as a side effect of that, um, you get a conservation easement or corridor. So, um, I just kind of, you know, put it on the back burner. Like that was a nice thought. Uh, and then over the years, every once in a while, I would kind of get a feeling uh, like just um, like it, it would revisit me in my mind. Um, and so I'd make a couple contacts, like I would contact like the founder of the Pacific Northwest trail and say, you know, kind of like, so how did you do this? Or what do you think about this idea? Or would you help me with this project? I never found anyone that was interested. <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm surprised yeah. at that. I mean, I can't, I can't say out names, but I mean, like, yeah, there was someone who just straight up said, that's impossible. You'll never do it. So. Oh, those are fighting words though. Right. I mean, well, well, what's fun is what's fun is the impossible part I've already done. And cause they were talking about the stretch from California to where I'm at right now. They were like, that's, you, you'll never, he's like, I had colleagues that looked at doing something with that years ago. And you just, it's not do, it's not going to work. And where so, are you right now, by the way? We haven't, we haven't heard yet. 
Yeah, that's great. So this is uh, fun for me because I think this is, I knew you guys were going to ask that. So I, <laughs> it's like, I counted right before, I think this is the seventh state crossing, I think. And, um, it's the Mississippi, Alabama border. Oh, oh wow. So, so I'm like probably a mile from the border right now. I usually typically don't give out my exact location for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to trust me that I have my reasons there. But, um, so, so yeah. you're either in Mississippi or Alabama near the border. Yeah, I'm in Mississippi. I'm okay. I'm like a mile from the Alabama border heading towards the uh, Penhody Trail. Okay. So you're using kind of some of the existing trail networks? That's exactly right. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, and like what I was referring to earlier, the difficulty not being in traversing areas that have existing trail networks, but traversing areas that don't. So... Mm-hmm. You know, Arizona, um, like part of California and um, Nevada, Arizona, all of New Mexico um, was mapped in compass. And so that would mean walking across huge swaths of of public land uh, without a trail. So um, I think that leads to my next question of is this is this a public private land? opportunity or do you have to remain on public land how does that work yeah how that works is i stay to public land as much as possible and if i can't sometimes i use road or public easements those could be gas lines or power lines um a number i mean any way that i can find a route but um the area there's a lot of public land in this country and i saw that on the pct this past summer that there's a lot of people coming from other countries here to enjoy that because they don't have that where they're from or it's highly regulated or it's highly permitted and they can just come here and hike for months and camp where they want to. And um, so the main issue where that comes up is in Texas because for instance, 80% of Arizona is public land. There's a large portion of public land in New Mexico, but when I got to Texas, only two, or I'm sorry, one point, I think 5% of Texas is public land. Um, and that just has a lot to do with their history and how that state was developed. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the major challenge for this entire trip is the Texas portion. It's going to take years to figure out public easements. Um, and also, um, private private easements as well mm-hmm. and what i and what i found was every trail association has gone through this you know including the appalachian trail um and many of the long trails that are pretty much finished the trail is done but as far as the land agreements they still have private easements in different places you wouldn't know it going through it but um that's not a public land that's an agreement that they have for an easement yeah. So when you're looking at at the route ahead of you, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you kind of decide which way to go? Let's say you've got a, a big swath of public land. I mean, are mm-hmm. you purposefully choosing to go up certain peaks to make it more interesting? Or are you choosing to avoid them? I mean, how are you kind of mapping it, you know, as far as that goes? It's been like an interesting evolution because I made some decisions on this trek that I honestly 
just kind of decided I want to go in this direction. And then as it's matured, it's become more of a long-term kind of decision. So, you know, I should go scout this and see what this is about uh, because it's better. It's, it's overall better for the long-term health of the APT. Um, and of course, like with the situation that we're in now with the virus, I'm going to have to just be making some decisions that are best for my own health or for other people's health. Um, you know, there's a couple of pieces to this project and the first parts are creating and exploring and through hiking. Um, that's the process that I'm in right now, um, with the APT and, uh, Layla Grace, the coordinator and all the donors and, uh, my gear sponsors. But there's a, another piece of that, which is the designation. And, uh, we're not at that piece yet. That doesn't a lot of that won't begin until I'm done with the hike. And it's, um, it's, it, I may not see it in my lifetime. Um, I wouldn't be the first one. There's other trail creators that didn't see their finished. Well, in fact, none of them saw their finished product in their lifetime. I think besides maybe the creator of the Pacific Northwest trail, but the Appalachian trail, even, uh, you know, even though it seems like it was complete, uh, completed a long time ago, it still changes distances almost every year because of reroutes and, and better trail technology. So where uh, a trail that would go straight up a mountain and maybe cause a bunch of erosion, they've, you know, put in some trail technology and switch back around the mountain that, you know, I'm, I've never been under the, I haven't thought that someone needs to go retrace my steps. I thought that this was, I don't know how it came to me, but I just knew that this was going to be the best way to get this thing rolling. And then I'll probably just be working on this for decades. Um, yeah, sure. yeah. Now you, you've overcome some pretty serious adversity. I was reading your blog and um, talk about that. I mean, you, you wrote about uh, some leg injuries and then an unfortunate uh, cycling injury. Tell us what happened there. You know, I don't think that it's unique to long distance. Like, I don't think I'm unique to long distance backpackers. There's a lot of, <sighs> there's, that just comes with any long hike and it can be emotional um, or it can be physical or it can be things going on back home that are just causing stress. And I mean, as far as the adversity, it's like, <sighs> to me, the adversity, one of the main adversities I have found with any long trail is getting the first step onto the trail because there is a lot of, there is a, there can be a very active mind um, in the months leading up to a long hike and which um, it may be disrupting your sleep or causing stress because you're thinking about it and you're happy, but you're excited, but you're anxious. And then maybe doubting yourself and saying, Oh, I shouldn't do this. Or maybe I should do this next year. So with this one, you know, I, it was way different than the other trips in that sense, because I was really walking out into the abyss. I didn't have all the money. I didn't, I still don't have all the money. You know, I just, the first step was really hard. And then after that, yeah. And then after that, it's like, it kind of rolls and it just happens. And I, uh, um, 
I've been, tr- I was treated for Giardia uh, in two different hospitals on this trip. Um, uh, I've spent days in my tent by myself out in the wilderness because my back went out and I just, I couldn't get off the ground. Like just laid there and like didn't eat anything and just tried to um, sip water, you know, like conserve water. Sure. Uh, and I did all that stuff by myself and it, it wasn't fun. And uh, each time something like that would happen, it, it would really frighten me and I would have a lot of fear around it. But as soon as I could get through it, um, you know, I would start feeling like myself again and feeling strong. And there have been people along the way that have helped me. And there are people that let me stay with them when I had certain issues that came up, like for instance, when I was talking about the Giardia or the back injury, um, so that I could rest up and that I didn't have to just um, return home and call it quits. So, sure. It sounds I, like, yeah. Go well, I was going to just say, I was just going to say one more thing. This is something that I didn't really expect as much. And it seems kind of naive of me, but I have spent a lot of time in my life alone and um, I really get to recharge my batteries during that time. But I think this many months um, without seeing a familiar face and, you know, rarely getting to talk to people um, has had a toll. And that's why I was really looking forward to spending some time on the Appalachian trail. Cause I thought, Oh, maybe I'll get to hike with some people. And, um, that just, you know, that's probably not going to be the case. I I'm probably gonna have to take a different route, but yeah, we're two weeks away from there. But so the other, like, this is way different than any hike I've ever done. I mean, the CDT, when I did it, I only met like maybe 10 or so people on that trail, but I had a hiking partner at that time. Um, I spent a lot of time alone on the other trails too, but not like this, like, you don't see another backpacker or yeah. a hiker for months, you know, at a time. So, so I mean, that to me is one of the biggest challenges I imagine you'd face is the psychological toll of that solitude. Um, I'm sure the body is, you know, presenting issues to you, but you know, when you, when you find yourself alone for long periods, I mean, what do you do? Do you bring a book along? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you, are you religious? I mean, how do you kind of calm the mind? Ooh, so I had a lot of practice before I left and it wasn't intentional um, having to lead up to this trip, but um, I wasn't going to leave on this trip until I learned some things about my own emotional uh, life and also ways of quieting the mind. And so, you know, I have had some uh, spiritual help there from a couple of different people. Um, I'm not talking about uh, religious help. I, and I mean, that would be good too. That would be a good thing to do because I, when you're alone for long periods of times, it feels better. If, like you have the sense that someone's with you or watching out for you. And whether that be a God or whether it's just a spirit or mother earth i don't know each person would have to take their own take on that sure. but before i left i mean i was um <laughs> i knew 
that I was going to drive myself crazy out here um, if I wasn't dedicated to that. And also in the front country, I can drive myself crazy with that. And there's been moments on this trip that I have thought, like, I am so tired of me. Like, <laughs> I, I am I am like sick of this dude. And I can't take it anymore. Right. And, and so what I've typically done is like, for instance, I told you I have like um, some kind of like spiritual mentors in my life. And like I said, they're not religious either, but I, you know, would give them a phone call and all they would do is remind me of who I am or, you know, like my one friend always reminds me of who I am not. Um, Interesting so, take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's always reminding me like that is, yes, that's right. You have to go through this so you can see that. Not that that's you're finding yourself, you're finding out who you are not, and um, they usually get me back on track because the mind being circular and that kind of thinking can get negative, and without yeah. being challenged for days at a time, it can just go around and round and round. Sure. So I there was definitely a lot of preparation there, and I don't know how I'm doing with that. I mean, I'm doing the best I can, but I still um, just am human in the sense and, and learning about it. There's a whole other aspect to this that I think most people aren't aware of is the logistics of what you're doing and the costs of what you're doing. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, what does it actually cost to do one of the big trails or what does it cost to keep you going? And, you know, like, what do you, other questions on logistics, like how, how many calories do you consume a day? How many pairs of shoes do you go through? I mean, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, I appreciate that. I guess I'll start with um, I'll start with the financial piece. So I am so grateful for all the private donors, or I want to say, in, I shouldn't say private, individual donors who have contributed to me and to this project. And every time I think I'm going to fall, uh, they come through. And it just happens that way um it's i mean i've had plenty of times where i was like okay i think that's it the money's dried up and i was wrong and i'm always wrong and um so there's a lot of um personal donors you asked a question about like a long trail i don't know exactly um i don't remember what i spent on other long hikes and also some of them are like really outdated. Um, you know, I did them a long time ago and it's just not the same um, economy. So I know that the PCTA, the Pacific Crest Trail Association is saying that it's four to $8,000 for a Pacific Crest Trail through hike. Um, and that's a 2,700 mile long trek i would say the difference between that and this is first of all i'm like double that mileage you know um and also with a hike like that you can pretty much buy your gear and then you just roll with the same gear the entire time because of all the different geographical areas that i've gone through and also the seasons and also i just wear everything out like I I'm already on my third backpack. Um, I don't know how many tents shoes. I don't know. 20 to 25 pairs of shoes. I'm guessing. 
You just ridiculous. walk the soles off of them, don't you? I do. I do. And I shouldn't do that. I try to keep the, I, well, I shouldn't. I try to keep the insoles fresh, but I really appreciate the money that these individual donors give to me. So I, you know, I try to be as sparing as possible. So that means like not getting to stay in hotels and eat at restaurants all the time. So, I mean, I'm definitely roughing it. Um, but I, I just, you know, for a regular through hike, your expense would be less because you wouldn't have to be re-upping gear every couple months. Right. Uh, you, right. you would have the same gear straight through, except for like, yeah, like shoes. You would have to buy shoes. But other than that, like you're going to have the same tent and sleeping bag. Um, and um, so the financial piece, I marked it at $25,000. Um I've already gone, like I said, twice the distance of the PCT and the, um, the four to eight grand we've done this on like five so far. Okay. Like maybe, maybe almost six, maybe six. So that's way below the normal threshold of what, um, is expected from a backpacker. So I feel real good about that. And you know, the gear sponsors have come through as time has gone on and helped to mitigate some of that cost as well. And if you, we, if the listeners want to donate, you can go to the American Perimeter Trail Project.weebly.com and you can go to the Support the Trek page and you can donate directly to help keep Rue going. That's what correct. Is, In go the, ahead. I just wanted to add, there's also a GoFundMe. And if you just put in American uh, Perimeter Trail, um, you'll find me there. If that works better for you. you yeah, whatever, any, whatever people can do to keep them going. You, I noticed you also are a certified Leave No Trace trainer. With people getting out in the woods, at least in our area, more than ever, you know, how important is that message to get out? Well, there's just there's some very simple things that... Um, cause there's, there's lots of people enjoying our wild lands here in America in many different ways. And they are backpackers and they are hikers and they are cyclists like yourself. Um, they are hunters and fishers and, um, we may have our different reasons for being out there. We may just have different, uh, pastimes, but we have the same reason for getting out there. And, you know, on one end, there's people that, they would always start like huge fires in the woods, you know, because that's what you do when you go into the woods, you start big, huge fire and uh, you break, break down some trees and throw them in there and burn some stuff up and you make like a rock firing and then you leave. Like that's traditional kind of, of camping. And then the whole way to the other end where, like for instance, I mean, I haven't started a fire on this trip yet. I don't, I don't think that I will. I think there's a, and there is a way uh, with Leave No Trace to make fires. Like you can still do that. It's not a all or nothing situation. But um, yeah, I mean, Leave No Trace. I think honestly, and a lot of us, I don't know if we spend enough time in the backcountry that it's really a, a pivotal part of our life, but leave no trace can be practiced in the front country 
as well. And what it means is uh, just coming to the realization that there's a shared space and that we need to respect that. Because Leave No Trace even goes into like sound pollution, you know? Sure. So one example is that, like when you're in the woods, you know, maybe don't be blasting your radio, but maybe when you're in the front country, don't do that either. <laughs> the I, I, I love blasting radios, so don't get me wrong. But um, it's very tricky, okay? I, I don't want to be controversial here. I just think that there's things that are very thought-provoking. Like one time I was doing a backpack through Shenandoah National Forest, okay? or uh, National Park, rather, is what I meant to say. And there was a huge billboard, and it was advertising that they're going to be building this, like, huge parking lot there, and I don't know, whatever, like, 50 bathrooms. And at the bottom, and it said that it, they had spent whatever, I don't know the exact number, but it was like $20 million or something. And it said at the bottom, your conservation dollars at work. And so I just looked at that and thought how did paving paradise how was that our conservation dollars but i do understand that access is important as well and containing that you know access or uh, traffic is important so it's just kind of like an interesting thing to know that there are so many different aspects and ways of looking at this Right. Like we want people to enjoy nature, but we don't want them to alter it to the point where, you know, we don't recognize it anymore. Yeah. I like, I like calling it like the, if you ever heard someone say like, we loved it to death. Yes. I like that one. I like that one. That's good. Uh So looking forward, tell us what the next, I don't know, seven to 10 days look like for you. Okay, so looking forward, um, so I'm just making adjustments on the fly right now. That's not uncommon with this trip. That's not a new thing for me. Um, There's times where I haven't been making that many adjustments, and then there's times where it's basically daily. And um, at this point in time, like I have um, a lot of contact with Layla because the the just because like I was talking about the the health crisis at this point in time. But um, yeah, I'm just making adjustments on the fly every day. Like for instance, I don't have my next resupply. I'll get a resupply today or tomorrow. I'm probably tomorrow. Um, And that's going to be a post office. It's not going to be a town. It's just a spot that has a post office. And then the next one I'm going to pick out probably later today. And again, that will just probably be a post office somewhere and not a town. So the next seven to 10 days is kind of like monitoring the, um, the situation from the outside, me mm-hmm. making some decisions based on like, how do I stay the most remote and the most isolated? Um, and that's, trust me, that's not to protect me. And I'm not cavalier about this. It's not like I can't get infected, but I would feel like really horrible if I was spreading this to someone, I mean, I don't want to do that. So just limiting the contact, um, you know, it's Layla Grace. So the, the coordinator of the APT, um, she obviously has things going on 
with her life and she's a single mother and she's got all four kids at home now because the schools are closed and uh, still has to work full time. And I don't want to talk, you know, a lot about her life, but um, also with me, there's been like stress. Like I did have a resupply last week that I had to skip and um, it was, uh, it wasn't even a choice that I made. It's that the place was closed. So they, it wasn't possible. So then it's like, I have to get used to like going hungry and not, yeah, just having some major stress and complications around this. And what we've chosen to do, I mean, it's really awesome, uh, the work that she's done, but what we've chosen to do is just to take this head on. So, I mean, in the past week, we, we've done some other podcasts. She did an audio interview with me. Um, she wrote an all women's, uh, all trails article, which has been published, um, about being the coordinator of the APT. And, um, I, you know, wrote an article for another publication. And what we've done is it already got stressful and our work already got ramped up and we've just gone head on like straight in. Um, you know, cause there can be a lot of questioning yourself, but I'm like, you know, this is the time where we want to show people what we're doing so that there's not, so there's not a guessing game. So you know what we're doing, what we're, cause we ask our donors, um, to provide contributions. So we want to create this content for them. And this past week we did a, we did a bunch of stuff. Uh, I had another interview, uh, last night from Franklin County, uh, free press, which is near you guys. So, um, We've just kind of like ramped it up so that people are informed. And uh, I've also been asked to do these like audio journals um, pretty often. And so we're going to start doing that in the next week. And what does that mean? I think what it means is it gives people a clear idea of exactly what's happening on the ground here. And I hope it'll be informative for backpackers because and hikers, you know, where I can say, Hey, this is exactly where I am, and this is what I am observing. Um, kind of like taking some of the risk element out of it. I don't want to put myself in risk, and I don't want to put other people in risk, but I think there is a way of going about this. And so instead of us just pulling out and saying, oh, well, um, you know, this is a wash, I'm looking at it more like, how could we be productive and help people get through this hard time? Uh, which is not only going to be a health, like a physical health um, problem, but a mental health issue for a lot of people. Yes, it definitely will. You know, and, 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 if, and if I can say specifically, like to someone who contacts me and say, hey, if you go up to this trailhead this weekend, or not this weekend, whatever, the trailhead here, there wasn't anyone there. You will be able to social distance. Now that might change next week, but it'll give you like an opportunity to go there with a little less anxiety and also being, you know, respectful of others and, and your family's health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, what I see in what you're doing is inspirational in that you're taking on this massive challenge with almost no support. I mean, I have spoken with Layla and I, you know, I understand, you know, she's your lifeline and she's working hard and, but I find it inspirational that you're willing to tackle the unknown in such a, a huge way. Oh, well, I thank you for that 
and aren't we all tackling, you know, the unknown in a huge way right now? Definitely are. I think we are. And that's why, you know, I really am trying to go forth here in a very compassionate way. This is not um, uh, a look at me or I'm a tough guy or something like that. It is how do we get to continue to have community and process when we're social distancing? So, so Rue, are you you're yeah. originally from Franklin County? Yeah, that's right. Were you as avid a hiker uh, back then as you are now? Yeah, so I lived there mostly just during my like upbringing. Mm-hmm. I, I've lived there less as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, I don't know what the Franklin County connection is exactly. Uh, I do remember having a lot of freedom. Definitely when I was in high school, I would go hike up at the Caledonia area um, sure. and, the, and the Appalachian Trail. You know, I had a situation where I got lost in the woods when I was a kid. And um, I, uh, it could have gone two ways, right? It could have been so lost that you're sleeping out for the night and you are never going near the woods ever again. <laughs> like ever. That was it. You know, I mean, I was scared. I remember, I mean, I was in bear country. Like I was a kid. Yeah. I was a little kid. Um, and just keep in mind, like, I want you to know, this wasn't my parents' fault. I was at church camp. <laughs> so it's their fault. Well, playing the um, church anyway, camp. <laughs> yeah, I was at church camp. <laughs> so, so anyways, but I felt so comfortable out there that that's how I ended up getting lost because uh, I was taking like routes and cuts like through the woods to get here and there that. I shouldn't have been doing as a little kid probably, but I felt all right with that. And, um, having to spend that time out there, like I said, it could have just turned into never go out there again or like, okay, I got through that and the sky didn't fall. But I do remember, I do remember people at the time, like at the camp being like, well, if it had to be anybody, we're glad it was him. And I don't know why they thought that. I mean, I don't remember being a real nature boy, but I'm definitely a nature boy. So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, you know, the area around Franklin County has just kind of been, it was nice to grow up there and, uh, and have access to all the forest. And then as an adult, my parents lived, uh, right off of the Appalachian trail. So you could just walk through the back of their property and, and, and you would just, you would hit public land and you, there wasn't a a trail per se. It was just like a cross country route. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've hiked that section. I have no idea. Um, Just like 10 miles in there. I mean, hundreds of times. I'm sure. I don't don't even know. So, and then the other thing is too, like when you're um, growing up in that area, and let's say you spend time at Caledonia or what used to be an old market out in uh, Fayetteville near there. I remember running into backpackers all the time. Like That was called Henicles. Yep. Yeah, it's called Henicles. Exactly. You got it. So, yeah. you know, I would, as a teenager, I would drive in there and there would be backpackers sitting out front. And I always talked to them and they were like, yeah. And so... I have to think that had some influence, but then it's like, I don't put a lot of weight on that because other people had that same exposure and it didn't connect. Didn't. Like, that wasn't something they wanted to do. Right. But, but um, 
so I don't like try to make up a story about like because this happened, then this happened, you know. But, sure. Um, well, Ruth, just, uh, yeah, okay. we've probably got to wrap it up. We've been uh, talking for quite a while, and I really, really appreciate you putting us on your schedule. My pleasure. Uh, I think what you're doing is amazing. I think you're underestimating probably the impact you're going to have on people for a very long time. Thanks again for coming on. And if you want to give uh, your GoFundMe and website or any of your social media, please go ahead. Yeah, so you can just go to GoFundMe. You'll find me at the American Perimeter Trail uh, or American Perimeter Trail Project. And then uh, also, if you go to the website, which is American Trail or American Perimeter Trail Project dot weebly dot com you'll find a contribution uh, page there but more importantly you'll find all this great content like that people are working with me now to like get the word out about what's going on here with america and the long trails so that's awesome and um then other than that you can find me on instagram at room mckendrick and you can find me on facebook at american trinity perimeter trail project thanks so much and be safe out there yeah thanks ruth thanks thanks for coming on yeah this was great all right and thanks for listening to the podcast find us online at progresspod.org